0: back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host E.K. Wimmer.
1: Hey E.K. Wimmer, I'm Mariah Rose.
0: Hey, uh, hey, how's it going?
1: It's going pretty well. I mean, the world's on fire or whatever. But
0: yeah. The
1: otherwise, fine.
0: Kind of been on fire for all of 2020. Yeah, whatever. Well, this week um, was a bit of a surprise. <laughs> I don't hmm. think uh, either one of us had ever planned on doing Mannequin.
1: Yeah. It wasn't on my list.
0: Definitely wasn't on my list. But what happened was we were out thrifting. Mm -hmm. And
1: as you do, I
0: spotted a copy. It was a really nice, almost brand new, you know, Canon Media original copy Mm -hmm. still in shrink wrap.
1: Uh And I was
0: like, oh, mannequin. And then I pulled it out and I looked at it. And that cover has him holding a mannequin on his motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what the hell is this? dumb movie even about, because mm-hmm. I, I saw it when I was a kid, but the premise, just looking at the cover is so absurd, so I tracked you down in the thrift store and I just held it up and you went, oh yeah, and <laughs> that is why we are covering it, and I'm kind of glad we did, because yeah, why not? this is a, a pretty stupid movie, but also like, what? definitely one of those, it happened in the 80s movies.
1: No, I think that this is deep and meaningful and we're gonna suss it out
0: okay well (laughs) to be determined
1: this is this the the trajectory of 2020 is going to take a pivot after this podcast this is
0: going to be the one that breaks us everybody's going to be like dude there was pre-mannequin episode and post-mannequin episode
1: yeah exactly this is the new gauge the time starts now
0: Ooh, that's oddly disappointing (laughs)
1: I <laughs> you know, it gives me no hope.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of thrift stores, mm. I'm not going to claim this one, even though we're doing it.
1: Whoa. Oh, you're I, not claiming mannequin. I, nah.
0: Nah. <laughs> but yeah. what do you have this week?
1: Okay. Um. Okay. <laughs> I, I bought a bag.
0: Oh, you mean your cocksack?
1: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's really cool. It's a bag with a rooster, which I know sounds real dumb, but it's pretty cool. You're just laughing at it. The worst part is I also found a rooster... No, it is cool. I found also a rooster head that you like hang on the wall like a mounted head. Obviously, it's not a real rooster. It was ceramic. And on the back, it said, Kathy, 83. <laughs> and I picked it up and was going to buy it. And then I was like, oh, no. If I buy two rooster things, I'm instantly going to be the rooster lady. And everybody's going to buy me rooster stuff. So I had to choose because I don't want to be the rooster lady. Right. So I left the kathy's masterpiece and just brought the bag home
0: would you say that the bag uh cock-blocked kathy's masterpiece <laughs> it,
1: did. Okay. it did and then i went to put it on like over my shoulder today and it had two needles in it and it stabbed me and so i probably need a tetanus shot
0: Oh, good to know.
1: Anyway, what'd you find?
0: So you found tetanus is what you found this week.
1: Maybe tetanus. TBD.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. It's 2020.
1: (laughs) I know, right? I...
0: I kind of had it with thrifting. I was like, I'm not finding anything in this stupid town. You've
1: been a little thrift pouty.
0: Well, I'm just not finding anything. It's been pretty bad. And what happened is, and this is a good excuse for the thrift stores, but they can't bring their volunteers back right now to stock. Mm -hmm. So they don't have new stuff going out, which means it's kind of just disappointing. I go in there and I'm like, eh, there's nothing new. But there's a city that's about an hour away. And I thought, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to take a little road trip, quick trip out of town. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of our daughters hopped in the car with me, ran over there real fast. Um,
1: You shouldn't hop in the car. It's dangerous.
0: But I went there. There's one thrift store in particular that's just stocked with VHS. So I was very excited only to find out they had closed for the day. And two other places had permanently closed since the last time I was in this town. Yeah, there's been a A lot lot
1: of shifting happening. So
0: ultimately, I only got to go to about half the stores I was hoping for. Actually, my find was the very last place I went to. Big wall of VHS. Usually it's the one place I've always scored some really great ones from. Nothing. But then I found still shrink wrapped again. I couldn't believe it.
1: So much shrink. Wrap. One of
0: our all time favorite vampire films oh, yeah. ever. Nineteen seventy one Daughters of Darkness.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: it's not the release I was hoping for. It's not the Continental Big Box, but it is the reissue, and it's still I was so excited. I paid a buck for it. Yeah. And so we now have it on VHS. We had it on D V D already, and I have the vinyl soundtrack, but man, that was a find. And I'll tell yeah. you that one ninety nine cent tape made the entire trip worth it. So
1: totally. You know, that and Vampiros Lesbos are ba- basically like, anytime I'm like, is this how I want to look when I pick up clothes yeah, and try them totally. on? Or like, I hold up a pair of sweatpants. I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't wear this. I have to wear something really impractical because Daughters of Darkness guides me. Oh As yeah. a fashion. For sure. <laughs> it's yeah. like my uh, fashion compass.
0: Yeah. I was excited to find that one. And then also in one of the small thrift stores, it's like a little church run thrift store. Oh yeah. I went in there and they used to have a whole bookshelf and they only had like five out. And I went over to the old lady and I said, what happened to all your VHS? And then another worker said, oh, we've got boxes and boxes in the back. Mm-hmm. Come on back. Which is like the best thing that could ever happen. However, it was all just tons of Hollywood like cheesy comedies and and romantic films but i found one and i didn't even really want to get it but i felt like i had to buy something because for letting she me go let you through. back there but i'm going to be happy i did when christmas comes around because it's an 80s film and we will do it as an episode peewee's christmas special
1: oh yeah i was like
0: yeah (laughs) yeah that'll be
1: good we haven't done peewee
0: no not at all and i think this will be a good one to do we'll do it for christmas
1: we should do like a two-parter where we like do peewee's playhouse and and
0: then an overview yeah Yeah, i think so too we'll do the christmas but we'll do like we did with elf where we did the christmas special and an overview of the the series in general okay and then um a minor note that wasn't a find but um There's only a few episodes we've ever done that we don't actually own the tapes for. Oh, yes. And I scored one today that we've been after. And it was the Vestron, the original release of The Children that we did recently. (laughs) And I'm very excited to have that finally. Yes. Because that was a weird one
1: that was if you haven't listened to it you should go back and listen to it and then give us five stars thank you for sure
0: five stars always (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm gonna create some kind of hack so that if somebody tries to give us anything other than five stars it rejects it okay okay enough nonsense with your store finds we
1: gotta face the mannequin
0: We got to face the mannequin.
1: Turn and face that mannequin.
0: Yeah. Listeners, we are not going to walk through all of mannequin because... No, we're
1: going to walk through every second by second of mannequin. Here we go. We'll
0: see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Mannequin, 1987. When was the first time you saw this?
1: I I probably wouldn't have seen it until I was older because... Being a sheltered PK pastor's kid.
0: Really? I think this was like a PG movie though. It's
1: it's like watching it, I thought it was was gonna be raunchier because it's been a long time since I've seen it, and it's yeah. really not. No, not at all. Um, but I don't think I would have seen it till I was a little older. My Did you ever see part two? Dead serious. Who's in this?
0: Christy Swanson. Is Buffy.
1: Who's the guy?
0: Oh, I don't know.
1: Let's go with Judge Reinhold. Let's just,
0: <laughs> no way, let's just assume. Jose. Yeah, no way. <laughs> Uh, I saw this as a kid. I saw it quite a few times, actually. I I don't know. It's fine. It's fun. (laughs) It's fine. Well, it's interesting to me. I, as always, was doing research in preparation for this Mm -hmm. and discovered that this is one of the very first movies that is a direct result of some dude, and I didn't even write down his name because I didn't really care that much. It was more the story that was interesting. This guy was hired to basically create... He's like the rivers Cuomo of Weezer to like craft the perfect pop song. You know how Rivers? Yeah. have you ever heard interviews with him where he's got this database of um, key signatures and a note progression, yes. like chord progressions where he can craft on his computer the perfect pop song. And yeah. that's why Weezer has so many hits. There was a guy who was hired to basically craft the perfect plot development to make a hit movie. Oh. And mannequin was the first that they really rolled out with this um, experimental plot, and it's so formulaic and it worked.
1: Yeah, it's not experimental because it it's exactly no but it was experimental with
0: let's see if we if we stick to what we think is the perfect like formula for a hit movie, what happens?
1: I want somebody to pay me t- <laughs> to do that.
0: And you you know what the result was. what? Six million dollar budget okay forty two million dollar gross.
1: Good grief. But people not have anything better to do? Not
0: 1987. It wasn't 88 yet when the films really started rolling in big time. Okay. So it was directed by Michael Gottlieb. He did. That's familiar. Well, because he did Mr. Nanny with Hulk Hogan. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was a joke because I know why you actually know his name. Oh, why? A kid in King Arthur's court.
1: No, I read the book, I never saw the movie. <laughs> that totally sounds
0: like a movie you would have watched.
1: Well, it's cuz I read the book. Okay. More than once. <laughs> Hello, did you not read it? No. Really? Nah, I don't oh, know. Oh, it's so dorky. It's right up your alley. You okay. would have you would have loved to imagine yourself as a kid in King Arthur's court.
0: <laughs> well, I think it came out in the 80s, so maybe we'll do it for an episode. Okay.
1: Hey, speaking of awkwardness and dorkiness? Huh let's tell everybody what we did we took a quiz this week it was (laughs) how awkward you are just because we're stuck at home still and uh we took a 62 question quiz of how awkward you are Uh uh-huh do you remember what your number was
0: it was like 11 or something it
1: was 12 okay 12 do you remember what my number was i don't 52 (laughs) and it just said you're extremely awkward
0: Man, you can tell we're bored when we're taking all those quizzes. Oh, yeah. We took a, what kind of dog are you?
1: <laughs> and you got a cat. I got a cat. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, speaking of this massive hit.
1: Oh, yeah. Back to it.
0: I was like, whoa, Canon put this out and they had an actual hit. What? Uh, psych. They just distributed it. They didn't actually produce it. So, okay. psych out.
1: So, I mean, I get distribution versus production, but how do those arrangements get made? Do you have any insight into that?
0: Because there are companies who just pay for the movie to be made, but they don't have the rights, or they don't have the ability to actually like produce the film and get it into video stores and, and theaters and stuff like that. So, what they do is they contract or hire like on another group.
1: smaller companies? Not or- necessarily smaller. Or they just didn't feel like it that Tuesday, and they called somebody else?
0: Well, think about this. Think about um, when films go to film festivals, and they get picked up and get distributed. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Okay, Oh, well, think about the scary stories that I did the um, mm-hmm. the documentary I did the score for. So that was produced by an independent company.
1: Right, that makes and sense. And then
0: once they made it, they shopped it around, and then a company distributed it uh, yeah. while I picked it up, and that's how it came out on DVD and all that jazz. So okay. That's how it works. But Canon picked this up. And at first, I just saw Canon. I'm like, wait, Canon had an actual hit? Sure. Uh, But no, they were just the distributor. Okay,
1: that makes sense. This movie is... I'm not... Spoiler alert. There's a mannequin that comes to life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you've had, what, 30 years to figure that out. (laughs) So hang on to your butts. So I was thinking about that. And it's a very 80s thing, I, I believe, that there's this... Creepy men with like fake women situation, like robots, androids, mannequins. It's
0: true. This is almost um,
1: weird science. It's not
0: back to back, but we just did Cherry 2000. Yeah. I was
1: going to bring up Cherry yeah. 2000. It's like another sex bot movie. Yeah. Uh, weird Science is another one, um, taking it down a different avenue. Electric Grandmother.
0: Yeah. You know, for sure. it's this
1: idea that the like a human woman will not suffice here yeah <laughs> we need to get something other and even like overboard is similar in that way because it's like a a woman who's being reprogrammed by the man to to do what he wants
0: except she's not a computer but she yeah
1: the idea though is that it's like a clean slate ah okay it's creepy, right? It is
0: really creepy. You don't
1: see that happening now. I don't think it would fly and then this time, but it's one mm. of those things that we accept and we're like, oh, okay, yeah.
0: I'd push back though, because it just happened with, um, what's that, Ex Machina or whatever, that Machia or whatever. How do you say it?
1: What is um, it? A <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you could either be hoity-toity and say it one way, or you could say it how it's actually pronounced, but either way... That's about a dude building a, a sex bot, too.
1: Yeah. Okay. I mean, that
0: just came out. So I, I don't think it's gone away. Although
1: she comes back as the aggressor in the end. That's true. So she's like, don't make me. I make you. <laughs>
0: yeah. And also talking about return things of, um, you know, this was similar to Cherry 2000. This is the second week in a row we have a film starting in Egypt.
1: Oh, and the <laughs> second week in a row with a mannequin.
0: Was there a man? Oh, yeah. In the sidecar. In the
1: sidecar. (laughs) Ties together. Okay, let's start this. We're in Edfu, Egypt, a long time ago before lunch. That's what
0: information Uh they give us because
1: they're hilarious. Yep. There's a mummy. We're like in a tomb and there's a real sexy mummy wrapped up. But it's a surprise. It's not a dead mummy. It's a girl hiding because she doesn't want to get married to a dung dealer. And she begs the gods to not make her marry this dung dealer. And I guess somehow the Egyptian gods hear her plight and respond by shooting her through time. And they give us a weird cartoon sequence. That-
0: uh, actually, not weird at all. That's a pretty... Uh, I well, love it's cool animated title sequences
1: she's a cat and it doesn't make real sense
0: you know what i noticed what uh when i think egyptians i think uh white women and that's what we get kim a blonde woman yes (laughs) blonde white woman is our egyptian Mm -hmm. but yet in the title sequences when she's an animated cat uh her skin is a different color interesting
1: yes yes Uh,
0: although this the animated sequence is really cool.
1: It's cool, yes. It's and, familiar. Do you know anything about it?
0: No, I should have looked up the animator. I oh. didn't even do that. But I do know that we get an 80s jam for the opening credits. Oh, do we? Sounds oddly like the Go-Go's. Mm. Because similar to when like Martin Gore or Dave Gahan wanted to make a solo album from Depeche Mode, and it just sounds like a Depeche Mode yeah. album. Belinda Carlyle was like, hey, I got a cool idea. I should go solo and I'll sound just like the Go-Go's.
1: Yeah. Let's go into the future of the 1980s. Let's meet our, our boy here, our man child. His name is Jonathan, played by what?
0: Andrew McCarthy, old shifty eyes McGee.
1: Crazy eyes, really.
0: He does have crazy eyes. He's a return to our podcast. Yes. Long time ago, we did. I don't know why we felt the need to do this, but we did it. Weekend at Bernie's. That was a weird
1: choice. (laughs) Whatever.
0: Sometimes I look back and I'm like, I guess we were in a mood back then.
1: Yeah, we're not. I kind of think we're going to do that with this one. but
0: (laughs) It's the McCarthy (laughs) curse. Uh, We can't do another film with him. Was he ever in another movie?
1: Yes. He is in...
0: Oh, Pretty in Pink.
1: Pretty in Pink, yeah. Where he's again... Crazy scary. And he's
0: with uh, James Spader in, in Pretty and Pink, who's yeah, in this also. Yeah,
1: they're best friends. Oh, I'm
0: sure. They Brat, seem like they really Pack. get along. Were they? Yeah. Brat
1: Pack? I, I mean, maybe Brat Pack adjacent. I don't know who's the official core, like the, <laughs> the nebulous members of the Brat Pack. And then we've got some secondary, tertiary.
0: Do you think there was some serious like drama in the 80s with people claiming to be Brat Pack and the Brat Pack being like, yeah, you're not part of us.
1: We're the Brat Pack.
0: You weren't in a John Hughes film. Yeah. You were in a a secondary John Hughes wrote that but didn't direct it. That doesn't qualify.
1: Nope. You're out. Andrew McCarthy, somewhere in that group. No, I
0: I do think he's probably legit.
1: So Andrew McCarthy, he is a sassy boy. He's an artist. (laughs) 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 He's at a mannequin factory. This is his job. He's singing and he's dancing and he's super proud of his mannequin that he's made. He looks just
0: like Kim Cattrall.
1: What? And he's made her over six days uh, and he's proud of how quickly he made her. And Mm -hmm. she's he says he's an artist. I don't know, whatever. And he gets fired because he's a slow mannequin maker.
0: Yeah, and uh, he gets fired from. We do this montage of him getting fired from every job he tries to take yeah, on he sucks. because he just needs to be an artist that can create. And like being a pizza delivery guy, you don't Head got time trimmer, to be. Yeah, uh, you can't guy. be artistic.
1: Mm-mm.
0: We also meet his girlfriend Roxy. Yep. Who is, first off, like a super mismatch.
1: Yeah. Second,
0: she dresses like Elaine from Seinfeld.
1: <gasps> Have you noticed that? It's a one hundred percent Elaine style.
0: Like, she doesn't look like Elaine, but it is seriously the same wardrobe as Elaine. Yes. The, like, uh, long skirts.
1: The boxy coats. The weird low ponytail. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So she's got the Elaine look. He picks her up after work, and she, like, on his motorcycle, she finds out he's been fired, and she's also embarrassed that he's riding driving her on his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. And this is kind of where you learn that um, Elaine want to be, her, what's her name, Roxy? She's lame. Not because she doesn't want to ride on a <laughs> she's motorcycle. A she's a lame. Uh But because she's embarrassed by him. And she dumps him.
0: Oh, and he's like, and now it's raining.
1: Yeah. And then his motorcycle dies. So he's got to wheel his motorcycle. And he's her.
0: walking and he notices in the window. His mannequin.
1: In front of a, it's at the Prince and Company uh, department store. She's in front. (laughs) Right. In the window.
0: You know what? Okay. Andrew McCarthy is pretty charming. Like, he's got this quality about him. Yeah. But his shifty eyes make me nervous. Yes. I would never trust him.
1: No. No, 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 no. He
0: reminds me of the guy with the shifty eyes from Full Metal Jacket.
1: A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's because the whites of his eye on either side, the outer sides, are a little bit longer. So they're a little bit scary.
0: Okay. You took that into a weird place. I was thinking more <laughs> it's just because his eyes are always shifting. And it's well, like, what are you looking at, buddy?
1: You see so much of the whites of his eye. When you see too much of a person's, like, the w- white part of their eye, They, you don't trust them. Huh. It's true. Like, look at a person who's got a a lot of white and you're like i don't know
0: okay something's
1: wrong with you (laughs) sorry if you are that person but i don't trust you
0: (laughs) unless you have dimples then it it counters it out and i do trust you
1: yeah because all dimpled people must be good (laughs) fact 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 anyway he talks to the mannequin he's like see you tomorrow mannequin i'm coming for you I don't know why And then there's
0: this nonsense about a sign falling He stops it from hitting an old lady The old lady happens to be this is
1: important because he rescues He rescues the owner from certain death
0: Who is Estelle Getty uh, A.K.A. Sophia from the Golden Girls She is also from Stop or My Mom Will Shoot
1: (laughs) Oh, mm, your favorite movie
0: Oh, I'm sure I don't even know if I've ever seen it
1: I feel like those go in that movie, and Turner and Hooch go in the same like drawer.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
1: Okay, that's that. And We've like got Uncle Buck. they're
0: all that same kind of.: era. No
1: Uncle Buck, I love Uncle Buck. I'm
0: not saying Uncle Buck's a bad movie. I'm just saying it's all kind of that same era.
1: I'm going to stop because I haven't seen Uncle Buck in 30 years and maybe it's wildly offensive. I don't know.
0: I bet you it's still a pretty cool film.
1: I don't know. So he saves the department store owner of Prince and Company and she gives him a job.
0: And we also meet James Spader, who is incredibly young and he is the manager. Mm -hmm. But he's like this crusty manager. He's got a comb over. Yes. It's sleazy. And clearly out for his own needs. So now we've got the villain.
1: Yeah, we learned that he is kind of like trying to undermine Prince and Company because Prince and Company is, and I'm going to give all of this real quick, they're failing and they're about to be sold to the successful like rival, rival department store across the street called Illustra. Roxy, the ex-girlfriend, also works for Illustra. You <laughs> yeah. got a picture. This is a really deep plot, guys. So I hope you can hold on.
0: <laughs> okay. Andrew, though, is already being creepy at the store. He's got a Andrew- new job.
1: Andrew McCarthy. What's his name in the Missouri? Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. He gets, I'm going to forget
0: it the whole time.
1: <laughs> he gets a job as a stock boy.
0: Right. But that's not what he wanted. He wanted to do something artistic. He wanted yes. to be the window dresser so he could hang out. With his mannequin that he knows is in this department
1: store. Yeah, I think Art is falling to the wayside. I think he just wants to hang out with his mannequin. Oh,
0: 100%. <laughs> He's but,
1: creepy, like, by all int- for, yeah. for all intents and purposes. And somehow,
0: well, like first day basically delivering mail, he somehow sneaks in to hang out with his mannequin that he crafted. Mm-hmm. Well, he sculpted her, so he feels this, like it belongs to him. And we find out a co-worker of his busts him like fondling the mannequin well not fondling but might as well have been
1: Mm -hmm.
0: pretty much this character is in my opinion the redeeming quality of this whole film and probably what is the most memorable part of this whole film is our character hollywood Mm -hmm. who is the actual window dresser and like artistic director of this department store
1: Right. And this is where I was really afraid because anytime you introduce a gay character in the eighties, it's oh, yeah. it's You're pretty awful. Yeah. It's pretty awful. They just make fun of him. And we do have people in this movie who are homophobic. But overall I would say that the res- like the way they treat this character is pretty inclusive. Of course he's stereotypical, but
0: Uh He's very, yeah, very much a stereotypical, like, 80s gay man. This is what he sounds like, too.
1: I am so glad you're
0: working here. I never thought they'd hire anyone stranger than me. So you can see he already, like, has this great um, approach to life. Mm -hmm. And he's a good balance. What I do like is he, throughout the film, not to, like, jump too far ahead, but he's always, like, a really supportive friend.
1: Yeah. and He's he, just,
0: you know, like, all in. He's, he's just He's ready to
1: embrace the weird, too. He's like, you do you, I'm going to do me, that's fine.
0: Yeah, and I kind of just took it for what it is, but I, in researching for this film, I read a lot of uh, blog posts mm-hmm. from, like, gay writers who... This was one of their first introductions to seeing like an openly gay man in a movie Uh and especially being like an unapologetic gay man who is just like very much like confident with who he is Uh and how even though this is a straight man in real life. Um, You know, who this guy, I mean, he went on to do all kinds of cool things. Which,
1: honestly, it's surprising to me that he's a straight man. I really thought he was. Yeah,
0: and he's done some cool stuff. The Howling, The Beast Within, The Explorers. But his most famous role is designing women. He Mm -hmm. played forever on that. But yeah, to have a straight man playing a stereotypical gay man in the 80s could have been a disaster. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is some things that could be... um,
1: It would be great if it were played by a gay man. Yeah.
0: But (laughs) but overall, the consensus after several, like, kind of write-ups that I read from Mm -hmm. that perspective was it's better to, even though he is playing a stereotype, Mm -hmm. the way in which he's treated throughout the film by his friends and himself um, is very much empowering. Yeah. And that hadn't really been seen to that point before. Yeah. And... The more interesting thing that I think is very forward about this film is the homophobic people that we do meet get called out on it and mm-hmm. really get pushed to the side as though like they're big. I mean, I think at one point one of them is even called a bigot is like they're treated that way. And I thought that was really kind of yeah. um, bold for the time. And so ultimately, <laughs> this might be one of the the best parts about this cheesy movie yeah. is that it really does introduce a gay character in a very positive light. Yes. Um, So, yeah. I I really did enjoy this character, and I loved his character throughout the entire film. Oh, he's great.
1: He's great, yeah. And I would say that I agree fully that they, for the 80s, of course, we're judging 80s movies by 80s standards. Obviously, today this wouldn't fly, but... Um for what it was, yes, I think it was really accepting and that's exciting.
0: Except I was nervous. Like you said, I was like, oh, no, here we go. Yeah. It's just going to be an onslaught of like gay jokes and you know, I was homophobic waiting. bashing. Because we the immediately after the scene we get is... Lieutenant Harris from Police Academy, who...
1: He's a security guard. He's a security
0: guard guard in this movie. With a cute
1: bulldog. Yeah,
0: and he is actually a great actor, but, you know, he's doing what he's given, Mm -hmm. but he is
1: 100%
0: the homophobic character in this. Yes. And right away, he's talking about, you know, fairies and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, this is the kind of movie... And that's when I thought, maybe we won't do this, but he gets called out, and it really... He's like the crazy person in the movie. Gets put in his place. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So after we meet Hollywood, he leaves Jonathan alone. And it's just Jonathan and his mannequin, Emmy. Uh, Emmy from the beginning, the um, (laughs) blonde, like Nordic looking (laughs) Egyptian Egyptian woman. She comes to life. And she is. Suddenly there, she's very enthusiastic. She reveals she's 4,501 years old. Yeah,
0: let's hear a little clip from her so you get a sample of her high energy.
1: Yes. When you were making me, didn't you feel a certain inspiration? Almost like your hands were being moved by a force not of this world. You made this body so that I could come to life.
0: And this is Kim Cattrall from uh, Sex and the City.
1: Sex and the City fame, yep.
0: And That's, I mean, oh, well, she was just coming off... um, big trouble in little china one of my all-time favorite movies Mm -hmm. uh so yeah i mean she was riding high
1: she was and here she is we get to see her in all of her glory she gives him the lowdown like tells him her whole story from egypt to now and she's basically like ready to party she's ready to get down she strips down chooses her dress for the window and he decides he's going to stand up. His I guess he had like a dinner date with his ex-girlfriend, Roxy. He's like, never mind, going to hang out with my mannequin. And then he wakes up in the morning and he's like sitting outside, sleeping, snuggled up to, next to like a homeless man. <laughs> and he looks up at the window, of the like the display window, and there's the mannequin again. And he's, <laughs> there's like a moment where he's like, oh, I guess it was just a dream or something
0: yeah and apparently this is like the most amazing window display the world has ever seen
1: what this window display (laughs) is is I I would say the highlight is that there is a tennis ball on a string (laughs) truly wowzers but it draws some attention his girlfriend Roxy like officially calls it quits because he sucks I mean honestly he's the guy who can't keep a job and doesn't meet her on dates so fair enough roxy yeah a lame she's elame well i mean up to this point she's not lame but she does turn into elaine by the end she's she just says like never mind gonna go work at Alex Alustra. so the the display window is so big and so effective i guess that the <laughs> board of the company uh the prince and company they have a meeting they they were about to sell to Illustra, but they decide to give it a couple weeks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, well, and it, basically, it's just now like Kim comes back to life at night. They do another window display. Mm-hmm. It's like know, their thing. There's a dance montage.
1: Yep. Dress up and dance. It's basically like, let's see how cute Kim Cattrall is, like how sexy she is and how... um adorable Andrew McCarthy is?
0: Are they changing this huge elaborate display every, every night. single night? hmm Okay.
1: That's a bit much, honestly. Yeah,
0: I would say so.
1: So also during this super, super cool dance scene, Hollywood comes in and interrupts and Emmy freezes and turns back into a mannequin because she can only be a human when it's just them looking. It's like... Uh, Invisible Boy, who's only invisible when nobody's looking.
0: (laughs) This, uh, if this was a different rated movie, Mm -hmm. could be very problematic.
1: Well, yeah, for sure. (laughs) But Hollywood comes up and he finds Jonathan being weird with a mannequin and he's just like, okay, that's fine with me. I like that about Hollywood though. He's totally like, you know what? You're not hurting anybody. Make out with your mannequin if that makes you happy. (laughs) So then Roxy calls up because her boss is pressuring her because the, the success of these windows, <laughs> I know, who can fight the success of a, a well-designed window display? She's got to come in because she's using the ex-girlfriend card to try and win him over. Hey, she, I will
0: say that uh, in the defense of the window display, that's how Warhol got his start.
1: It's true, but he's no Warhol. So Roxy tries to get him to uh, accept a job offer with Illustra, the competitor, the rival, uh, and he turns it down.
0: Yeah, and then kind of later that night, they sneak into the department store, the his girlfriend, and then there's this whole side story about the girlfriend's coworker it's, who's like yeah. creepy. Who cares? Nobody cares. But they're basically snooping on. Andrew doing his window dressing.
1: And they're trying to find the source of this mystery woman with whom he is working.
0: Yeah. And the security guard, the homophobic security guard is also from police academy, is running around trying to bust him, too.
1: And he does. He catches them and is trying to take pictures with them or of them. But he he catches them as um, Emmy takes off hang gliding within a department store. Emmy is a risk taker. She's lived 4,501 years. Okay, this is a point in time when I would like to discuss why on earth would somebody who has lived more than 4,000 years be interested in a 20-year-old or a 20-something? Andrew McCarthy, also known as Jonathan, is in his 20s. What 20-something-year-old would you be interested in if you are 4,501 years old? The answer is no 20-year-olds. <laughs> they would be the most boring, stupid creatures, like slime people. You would not want to talk to them or spend your time with them. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: But instead, she hang glides.
0: She hang glides, and that's that. But apparently they're in love now, too. Um, Duh. Yeah, that happened really quick. Next day, the security guard and James Spader are, are fired because...
1: They suck.
0: Well, because the security guard got knocked out by the hang glider, and... Stopper my mom will shoot, is like, hey, who did you hire? This guy sucks. You're all fired. Yep. Fair okay. enough. There you go. And they're going to go work for the enemy now. Yeah. And Andrew, meanwhile, is the toast of the town.
1: Yeah, it's a whole long sequence of Jonathan becoming the VP because of his window displays.
0: <laughs> and Hollywood wants to help. He also has really cool glasses right here. but
1: They he- look like... Half. uh, okay. I'm not going to make a Harry Potter reference. Never mind. You
0: can't do this every single week. (laughs) (laughs) But Hollywood is like, hey, I want to learn. Show me your magic. And uh, Jonathan's like, no way, dude, I work alone. Pretty cold, honestly, considering that Hollywood's been like a really good friend and yeah. supportive and this is the first thing he's asked for. Well, he's he falling in
1: love with a mannequin, so it's you can't have other people around for that.
0: But the other store gets this bright idea of like, we're going to steal the mannequin that he's using in all these displays. Well,
1: yeah, people start to realize he's like actually talking to a mannequin now.
0: Yeah, and he's like obsessed with a mannequin and they steal it.
1: Yeah, Illustra, the rival company, wants to steal the mannequin.
0: but And they're going to, but instead, um, the mannequin, Kim, mm-hmm. and he decide to have a night on the town instead.
1: They're going to hop on a motorcycle. <laughs> Why not?
0: And we get this ridiculous scene of them doing the like classic 80s night driving, you know romantic montage although we do get one interruption briefly where they pass by this old couple Mm -hmm. and and we get this
1: look at him with the dumping who are you to criticize (laughs) i did like that (laughs) i mean that's the only worthwhile thing that i also
0: did like the kind of cliche synth music through Mm -hmm. i'm a huge fan of like the night Nightscapes with synth music in eighties, and we get a little bit of one here with this track. Mm -hmm. And then to make sure this film is fully creepy, Mm -hmm. they go back to the department store and has sex with his Mannequin.
1: Yeah, we don't see anything. It's definitely P G, but it's implied that they have the intercourse.
0: Luckily nobody walked in mid intercourse.
1: They you know I Dude, I mean, can, can you, you even help and go, What would happen? Yeah. Okay, but they express their love. <laughs> To each other, and he falls asleep, a post coital slumber, and she's like, Oops, I gotta go get in the window, babe. Bye. Yeah. And she sneaks away, leaving him asleep in some like faux furs. She takes her position in the window, and then he, the security guard while he's asleep, and James Spader, they both went fired, but they break in. And they try to steal the mannequin, but they can't really tell which one is her because all mannequins look basically the same. And so they just take them all.
0: (laughs) They steal every mannequin and then he wakes up and all the mannequins are gone. And
1: he's nude in a pile of furs and everybody's applauding him for no reason. It's like it's performance art. They do seem to be like, oh, this is the next inevitable extension of your window displays is you naked in a pile of faux fur. You could do no wrong.
0: Meanwhile, Hollywood is like, okay, we're going to go get these mannequins back. Because he
1: knows it's a special mannequin. They hop
0: in this rad pink convertible. Oh. Which, okay, I know this is like stereotype cliche, but at the same time, I loved it because the license plate says bad girl.
1: Maybe he sells Mary Kay on the side. Maybe. Because you get a pink Cadillac if you sell nine billion Mary Kay things.
0: This kind of reminded me of the cool car from Elvira's movie. Yeah. Like those two, if they were cruising oh. side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Toast to the town. Cool. But they pull up. Uh, Hollywood has to quickly throw this giant uh, cover over his vehicle. They spend
1: several this, like, precious seconds pink of this and movie. Black polka dots. Yeah.
0: You know what? I'd do it too if I had that kind of car. Yeah.
1: And if you had that kind of cool car cover.
0: Yeah. And then there's this whole chase scene. There's a bunch of 80s antics. Uh, nobody cares. I mean, it's just like really cliche.
1: They also try and uh, lure Jonathan over one more time to Alustra by offering him fifty five to 60000 a year.
0: Yeah. That's pretty funny considering, you know, he's a uh, vice president at this point. Well,
1: I think vice presidents only get paid 30000 a year. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, Roxy has had a freak out and is yeah. like, I'm going to destroy every mannequin I can get my hands on. Yeah,
1: because he turned down the offer.
0: And there just happened to be this really cool conveyor belt that goes into like a wood chipper. Yeah. Because that's just what every department store has no, in the back. No danger. And she's loading up all the mannequins and they're being destroyed Shredded. and kim as a mannequin gets put on it because we mm-hmm. need to have this moment and she's going up but at, at the last moment um jonathan saves her and she's free
1: but it's that act of love that saving mm-hmm. of true love that and, sets her free yeah,
0: she now can stay permanently a real life woman
1: i'm a real girl and then
0: we get this weird only happens in the 80s scene where the janitor sees all this and he's like wait a minute if you have a mannequin and you like make out with it it will come to life and he just starts like making out with mannequins and none of them work but then he finds the girlfriend in a pile and just starts groping her and molesting Mm -hmm. her and he's like you're my mannequin now and you're real he doesn't, it's, that's not a direct quote, but okay. It's implied.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, so Emmy's now full human. She's just a person and Jonathan's no longer interested. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have something crazy to tell you about the whole janitor scene. Mm-hmm. I was reading up on this. Oh. I did, I, I watched a lot of interviews with the cast and nothing cool came of it. But I did come up. I was like, man, what a waste of time. They're all just talking about themselves and how happy they are to be in movies. But there was one crazy. Wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. Hold on. You're telling me actors like to just talk about themselves? <laughs>
0: That's exactly what I'm telling you. <laughs> but you didn't think we could get through this episode without one fun hmm. fact. <clears throat> <laughs> Okay, are you ready for your fun fact? Lay it on me. This is a good one. Here we go. This is real life now. <laughs> after this movie was released, there was a man named Jerry Kelly, who was an LSD researcher. So he must have worked for university.
1: How is that a job?
0: It's a cool job, apparently. I don't know. He was a- arrested multiple times after watching this movie for walking around and groping and making out with every mannequin he could find in hopes that it would come to life and become his lifetime partner.
1: Okay. <laughs> Is this in California, first of all?
0: I don't know where this was.
1: Okay. But let's here's just the say weird California. Part.
0: He claimed he wasn't on drugs while he was making out with mannequins.
1: Okay. I feel like that's your out. Why would you not say, well, I'm an LSD researcher? I don't know. If, I mean, that's what that's what I would do, honestly. If you're gonna make out with a mannequin in public, maybe tell people you're an LSD researcher and you'll get a little bit of a, a lesser sentence. It's
0: kind of sad that none of them ever came to life, though, and uh, he just lived his life as a
1: lonely um, burnout. Mannequins are real scary, though. They are
0: very scary.
1: They're. I don't know why this would be a lighthearted comedy because. If a mannequin started talking to me, first of all, horror show. But second of all, I would never in a bajillion years trust it.
0: Yeah, you know what is crazy too is the premise of this film came from the director saying he was you know like walking home one night, mm-hmm. passed by a mannequin, thought it might have moved, and then got this idea Ugh, that like it did. What if you came up with this story? And originally, I don't, I can't remember who was originally going to be cast. Oh, it was Dudley Moore. Oh yeah, from Arthur. It was going to be like a middle-aged guy who falls in love with a mannequin, Creepy. and then uh, Andrew McCarthy. I think tried out, and they were like, oh, "No, this is You're our guy." You're too charming. Yeah, you got shifty eyes. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta cast you. And they changed it, but okay. I was like, mm, "No, there's." I'm kind of called bullshit on this because this has been a reoccurring theme in in Hollywood and cinema for years and years. There's a couple movies that have come out. Twilight Zone episodes and all that, that if like mannequins come to life, one of them even, I think from like the 30s or 40s, was the story of a guy who created a mannequin and then fell in love with it and it came to life. So,
1: I mean, yeah,
0: I I love that he tried to take full credit for coming up with this, but I don't believe it for a second.
1: I, I think it's one of those hive mind things, though, where it's, I think it's an easy conclusion to reach. Uh, in general, because you look at a mannequin and it's creepy and you think, what if it came to life? So I don't I don't think that it's like him necessarily stealing somebody else's idea. I think it's just not that great of an idea and it's something we all kind of go...
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. but, but he took it a step further mm-hmm. and you know what you should do is once your mannequin does come to life, mm-hmm. you should marry her.
1: Yep, in and a display.
0: And not only should you marry her in a window display... You should end with a Jefferson Starship uh, song of Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now.
1: <gasps> that would be... Okay, so if I'm on my deathbed and we know, like, hospice time, okay, play that song. Just play it continuously. That song's the one that you want? No, not really, but it would be funny. Okay. I mean, I don't... I think I'd be annoyed, in general, if anybody was playing a song as I was trying to die, but... If we're going for funny, that would be hilarious. That would be pretty cool. To, like, flatline <laughs> right as they, like, hit their last note.
0: <laughs> so yeah. if you
1: can time it, do that for me.
0: Well, that's it, though. That's a uh, mannequin. Boy, that's a weird one.
1: Yep. Let's. I want to see a remake of this as a horror film. Well, yeah, okay. Is there not a mannequin horror film? I
0: like, Pin. Yeah. Pin's not a mannequin, though. Pin's like a medical dummy that yeah. n- it's never quite clear if it's alive or not. But there's a sex scene in that, too. Gross. Yeah. I don't know. This is a weird movie. I, and when I picked it up, this is why I wanted to cover it. Was I was like, who thought this was a good idea?
1: But truly, it was not raunchy, which no. is shocking for the 80s and also for the subject matter. And it wasn't... Especially offensive in the canon of 80s films.
0: Yeah. And you know what I will say, even though this is a dumb movie, it uh, moved along quickly. Mm -hmm. It was incredibly entertaining. Mm -hmm. And the acting was great. Like, it was funny. It's a solid 80s film. I just, it's just not a good film. No. Doesn't mean that it's not like a solid 80s film.
1: But it's also a great film.
0: Is it? No. Is it Laser Graves approved?
1: Uh, Maybe Laser Graves neutral? (laughs) okay I don't I neither approve nor disapprove okay
0: there you have it that's this week's episode (laughs) I'm assuming you've seen it I feel like we sold out on this episode but at the same time you never know
1: I don't know I
0: thought everybody and their mother had seen cherry 2000 and I was shocked how many people hadn't even heard of it
1: if we sold out here we should definitely do golden child next
0: I say yes okay let's do it Nah. Okay, stay tuned.
1: Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you.
0: <laughs> well, if you like what you heard, oh. you can rate, review, subscribe. We are anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts. Please tell a friend, spread the word, give us five stars only, and um, leave a comment about how amazing this is, and it's changed your life. Mannequin? No, no, laser crane. oh, <laughs>
1: oh.
0: You can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Apple iTunes, sure. all that kind of stuff. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Laser Graves. Our personal sites, I'm on Instagram. I'm at death at 33 RPM.
1: I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer.
0: And we will see you next week. Have Woo! a good one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>